Now we're recording. Do 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 do. Should we commission someone to uh, make us album art and a theme song? Album art. Uh, like uh, show art. I don't play an instrument. <laughs> Not yet. Let me tell you about the ukulele. Uh. <laughs> Would you like to hear some chords? Sure. Okay. So let me hear. Hold on. Let me. How am I gonna? Hold on. No, this is fine. Just hold on. Did you see the gourds we got? They're pretty good gourds. What is the lumpy one? We don't know. We think it's ugly. That's why we got it. Wow. Oh. It's ugly in a beautiful way. That. Well, people don't describe things that they find beautiful as ugly. Okay. This is how. It's so ugly. It's beautiful. Okay. So this is uh, C. for me for some reason. And this is like B minor 7 or some shit. I don't know. But it requires you to bar like two strings. And then... Anyway. Rebecca. Yeah. Nikki's ready for um, you. Yeah. Rebecca, please teach me how to play the ukulele. Um, it's all I want. It's, I just want to be like you. You have to go to animation school first. Oh. And have a brother named Steven. No. Should we um start this? Let's start the show. Let's start We're the show. We're in the same room again. Okay. I also think we should change the theme song. We don't have it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right what do you want to make it? I don't. About? I don't you know, we'll want it, it to be like happy? I want it to be. I don't think we're particularly happy people. And I think we should be truly like that. See, what is it be more cowardly? I'll find something. I'll dig in the uh, the other. I'm Nikki. And I'm Jules. And this is a full episode of Tangential. What? What? Um, Tangential is a show where we uh, go through our internet histories. It used to be every week, but then we took a short break. Uh, if you are still listening, shouts to you. Thank you for continuing to listen. Uh, if this is your first episode, welcome. This is a show where we go through our internet histories every single week, pick out the things that we find the most interesting, and chat about them for anywhere between 30 minutes and an entire hour um this week is the week of mm, the 7th of october october 7th 2017 um yeah wait that's this upcoming week no this is today's the 14th oh my <laughs> gosh uh-huh. you're right next week is uh yeah the year's going by really fast. The back half of this year is going by crazy quick. That's fine. I'm done with it. You You're can throw it in the trash. Throw 2017 right in the garbage. It's been a not great year. 
2016 um, wasn't much better. Would you rather, would you take 2016 over 2017? Actually, a lot of good things happened to me in 2016, personally. <laughs> personally, in your personal life, 2016 was a good year for you. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, hey. Hey what? Hey Ash, what's your plan? Which was a web series by Ashley Birch. Um, anyway. Sweet. Whose turn is it? To start, who knows? Oh, let me Mickey. let me explain the format of the show to people who <laughs> haven't listened. Wow, we're off to a every great single, start. Uh-huh, <laughs> phenomenal. Every single this is what happens when you don't do the show for three and a half weeks. Uh, every single week we go back and forth, uh, each bringing up a topic um, that we have pulled from our internet histories, and then we chat about them for a bit and switch back and forth till time runs out. There's no timer. Sometimes we go long. This is probably going to be a long one because we're already twenty minutes in, according to this recording. No. <laughs> Jules, you start us off this week. Okay, Monday. So, Monday, I started my day off by reading a short story by James Patrick Kelly called Itsy Bitsy Spider. Actually, like, went up the water spout, down came the rain. Correct. I don't actually remember why it's called Itsy Bitsy Spider. should probably reread the short story, but it's essentially about this woman... Who goes oh, so to visit? Isn't. Hmm. Wait. It's a short story. So it's not the nursery rhyme that I was thinking. I believe it's based off of that nursery oh, rhyme. What else would it be referring to? I don't know. Okay, I'm going to continue. <laughs> so, it's uh, the short story by James Patrick Kelly, and it starts off with this woman who is going to visit her father, who she hasn't seen for an unreasonable amount of time. And the only reason she's going to visit her father now is because her mother has passed away and left her father a ton of money. Now, she tells us that she doesn't care about the money. She's just going to visit her father to see why her mo- what her mother saw in her father mm-hmm. and why. He, she could have left him the money in any kind of way. She doesn't care about the amount. She feels that she was uh, left a handsome amount of money, but she doesn't feel like her father deserved anything. So it takes place in the future, and she goes to this future... Imagine Palm Springs 100 years from now. So Abu Dhabi. <laughs> In terms of population and oh, old okay. people. <laughs> Imagine Palm Springs a hundred years Got ago. It. And she comes upon his house, mm-hmm. knocks on the door, and she sees ten year old her. Whoa. And it, the whole story is about how this AI has been taking care of her father. Even and he and the AI looks exactly like her. That's wild. So the AI is programmed to be his nurse. He has Alzheimer's. And she just doesn't understand because she thought her father hated her so much. Why would he want this living Mm -hmm. reminder of his child in his life taking care of her? So the whole story is about this woman trying to accept the fact that her father has had her in her life in his life yeah. for all of these years. It's really interesting. That's it's kind wild. of like a Black Mirror yeah, kind Black of episode. Mirror real fast. Yeah. It won a Nebula Award, I think, in the 90s. So this was before Black Mirror yeah. was even 
when Black Mirror was the Twilight Zone, essentially. Yeah. So I read that short story, and that was for one of my jobs. <laughs> I can't go into that. Um, then I was looking up grad school <laughs> programs, as uh-huh. I do every go? other week. Yeah. This week, I decided to do some re- research on Pepperdine's screenwriting um, grad program. Uh, I'm beginning to think that I'm not going to find a grad program that's going to cost me under a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. It's that's just not going to happen. Wild sentence. Have you? <laughs> do you make movies other places? What if you went? What if you like did what they do? What medical doctors do when they can't get into med schools in this country? They get licensed in like Bermuda. <laughs> they people do this. Why would I? Why would I want to go to film school? I mean, in Bermuda. Hey, they have movies there. Do they? I thought wow, they just weird. had mansions and Amelia Earhart. <laughs> rip. <laughs> yeah, rip. What was your Monday? Um. So I received a an, a mention on Twitter from this random dude. Mm-hmm. That asked me if I knew where the Super Smash Brothers melee gameplay happened on the campus at UC San Diego, and I was like, "Huh? What?" <laughs> so huh? before I responded to the tweet, I looked up, mind you, my Twitter bio to even find me on Twitter. Like when you type my name into Twitter, Twitter brings up the bios, and it says that I go to the University of San Francisco in my bio. Like I have it in my bio. Mm-hmm. So he must have clicked on that and ignored it. And then I looked up the actual Nick Grayson who mm-hmm. ran these things and I found him on LinkedIn. Is he is he the equivalent of you except in San no, Diego? No, absolutely not. Uh, completely opposite. He's a banker. I thought he was going to be a social media manager. No, 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 no. The University of San Diego. No, he's a banker. Why was that guy asking that guy for that information? Because mm-hmm. I dug deeper. Nick Grayson at one point did run the on-campus games club so it is you (laughs) except in the future and in a different region Uh he ran the on-campus games club um so then i sent the guy who asked me on twitter that guy's linkedin and then i sent him to different facebook groups so i know all there is to know about the melee community sorry the the smash community at the university of california at san diego so -hmm. if you have any questions want to know where they meet Mm -hmm. um they meet in shit the hall starts with a B, but it's room 103 um, on Thursdays. Great. So if you're wondering, if you want to hop down, get down that five freeway. Um, Is it San Diego State or UC San Diego? UC San Diego. Have you ever been? To UC San Diego? Yeah. Yeah. I've never been. It's a wild campus. Is it? Is yeah. it nice? It's big. But is it nice? Yeah, it's nice. I okay. mean, it's as nice as anything in San Diego could be. All right. <laughs> Does that mean? Yeah. Oh. Well. Can I tell you about Ska? Mm. <laughs> I really prefer you. Wouldn't. We got. I got really into Ska. <laughs> um, no, I'm not like super. <laughs> I'm not like super into Ska. Let me tell you. So there's this running joke in our apartment that the only dance that exists is skanking, which is the name of the dance that has been popularized by Ska and Ska punk culture. Did you just... Skanking. Yeah, it's called uh, the dance is called skanking. Mm-hmm. So when you if you, when you skank, 
um, it, there's an arm movement and you move your arms and elbows back and forth and like it's kind of like you're elbowing someone in basketball and then you like kick ow, you kick wow. your you kick your legs and your your knees out um, and you usually do the opposite one of the one you're doing just look at uh, there's a YouTube video that's very good it's called how to skank you know you know you found the correct one it has like 600 and 40,000 views on YouTube. It's a very good video from like 2007 or so. It's extremely good. This is kid filming it in his basement with his best friend and it's hilarious. And who is your favorite ska artist? I have Nicholas? no idea. Let okay, me tell so you. I feel like when you said you got really into <laughs> no, ska. I didn't really get into ska. Okay. Let me tell you about the history of ska though because I did look up the history of ska. Mm -hmm. So Ska happened in three waves. First of all, ska came before reggae, which a lot of people don't know. I didn't know that. Now you know. Mm -hmm. um, it came in three Can you phases. give us a little sound bit of what ska sounds pick like? Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. It sounds a lot like that. I, I think you could go a little further. Pick it up, 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 pick it up. That's a lot. That's almost all of it. All right. You heard it here now. I don't think there are ukuleles in ska. I just don't think. Pick it up, 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 pick it up. So that's a lot of ska. ska. A lot of ska sounds exactly like that. Uh. <laughs> so ska came in three waves. Um, there's the original Jamaican scene, which happened in the 1960s. And that wave of ska is real wild because it was birthed after World War II mm -hmm. when there was like an explosion in the availability of like stuff like radios um, because the U.S. was had an abundance of them because of the manufacturing boom that happened after world war ii um so we were kind of like shipping and exporting these things out um so a lot of jamaican people were getting radios and they were getting like radio reception from the southern parts of the u.s mm -hmm. so they were getting stations from new orleans and alabama florida. and texas and florida um and they were listening to traditionally african-american style r&b and blues music and then that eventually morphed into the slower version of ska that came out of the 1960s r&b existed in the 60s yeah like early forms of rhythm and blues mm -hmm. um and then in the second wave was called two-tone ska which happened uh when jamaican started to go to britain mm -hmm. and then like the first wave ska started to meld with like punk rock mm -hmm. and then it picked up in speed Wow. And the third wave of ska was popularized in every place except Jamaica. Uh, so at this point, it had been fully co-opted. So it was... So like extremely, Iceland. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was extremely popular in Iceland mm -hmm. and in the UK and Germany, Australia, Japan, South America, and the, the United States. And also in Mexico. So the thing that kicked this entire thing off was like three weeks ago. Um, there was... I like asked Alexa, because I have an Echo Dot in the living room at my apartment. I asked Alexa to play some ska just as a joke, and then she started playing me Spanish ska from a Mexican band, hmm. and it just sounded the exact same. It was just, it sounded like every other ska song was just in Spanish, um, and that happened in the 80s and the 90s, and then that 80s and 90s stuff, um, like that third wave was extremely popular in Orange County, and that sound, That's hilarious. right, in Orange County, like Orange County ska punk is the overarching and most powerful, not powerful, but like the most influential sound for ska. And that has imprint, like that is the imprint of ska happened basically all in the last 20 to 30 years and all came from Orange County. 
The like, idea of punk and ska meshing yeah. is very hard for my brain to conceptualize. Mm-hmm. It's wild. I guess I have to listen to yeah. it. So like bands like Real Big Fish and No Doubt and Sublime are like real popular and came out of that era of... Um, no Doubt? Wow. Came out of that era of ska music in the late 80s, early 90s. Also, it's extremely popular with skinheads. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I didn't want you to go into yeah, ska, but yeah, yeah, yeah. now I know. Now you know. I had one other thing for Monday. All right, Tuesday. Oh, uh, I had another thing for Monday. Oh, I thought you said you were done. With no, Sorry. I have one other Sorry. thing. Um, you see that Star Wars trailer though? Yeah. You see, it? there was an ice dog. Yeah. It was a really cool ice dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just don't like watching trailers wow. for movies like Star Wars because mm-hmm. I just come in with ideas of how the film should mm-hmm. go, and when those ideas, ideas aren't out. fulfilled, yeah, I get upset. Can we just talk? There were really, two really good shots in it, though. Of Ice Dog? No, Ice Dog was not one of the shots, but I did write Ice Dogs in all caps. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that shot that's early in the trailer that's like angled and the stormtroopers are coming in from the top right hand side of the screen right. and they're on the lava planet and that looked real cool mm-hmm. and there's the shot of kylo ren when he's in that red room mm-hmm. that shot is also really cool mm-hmm. anyway that was it oh also i bought star wars tickets and it was way easier this year than it was last year or two years ago yeah did you wind up buying the collector's bucket i did not buy the bucket thank God. i'll probably be upsold into buying the bucket Please don't. <laughs> you put it by your bed and you put wires in it, and there's no use of the one that you got for The Force Awakens. Right, but hear me out. Two wire buckets. How about? Uh huh. No, no wire, wire buckets. buckets. But then where would I put the wires? If not in a collector collector's bucket from a multi billion dollar film franchise. You don't have wires. No. Oh. You throw them out. Yeah. It's revolutionary. Yeah. <laughs> what happened on Tuesday, Jules? Tuesday. So I continued my short story kick, and I was reminded of a short story that I read in the sixth grade, a Bradbury short story called The Veld. Did you ever read that? I did not. It's about, it's the original smart house. You know that de- decom? Yeah. So that decom has to have been based off of The Veld. It's about a house that begins parenting the kids better than the parents or the kids because they are so independent Mm -hmm. they don't need their parents but the house is a tool that has made them more independent so the house will do everything for them oh no it is very bad the children are evil and oh got it essentially what happens in this house the walls can change to any environment, much uh, like wait, in yeah, like in smart house. Much like in smart house, the thing is, at the end, I'm just gonna spoil it. That's fine. This was written in the '60s. <laughs> if you haven't read it, <laughs> yeah, uh, at least I think it was written in the '60s. Uh, so, it's this Amazon. That's what the that's what the walls are depicting, and there's two lines. And they're eating this meat. And then you see a lion licking its paw, and it has a wallet by it, which looks like the father's wallet. The house ate the man. And the mother. 
how the um we don't know how how the wall has been able to become a real life mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. oh shit but it's virtual reality so that concept another black mirror episode if, so yeah. black mirror steals everything from bradbury what if the um, parents were also digital um i don't think they would have been as incompetent as they were mm. the, the whole the whole short story is about their anxiety and the fact that their kids don't need them anymore and how they they're bored essentially there's yeah. nothing for them to do there's nothing for them to make they don't have to make a warm and loving home the house has already done that for them that's wild and their kids don't need them so the kids get rid of them why did they just move move all houses are like uh, this now yeah so does that mean all the parents are dead um it doesn't have to mean that but parents are obsolete Wow, welcome to the, your new parentless future. I can't wait. Yeah. So that was part of my Tuesday, again, for a project that I cannot discuss. And the second thing that I looked on, looked up on Tuesday was reading this script, which was about ancient Greece, and there it was just chock full of anachronisms, and it was, it was really hard for me to get through it because I was just like, ugh. <laughs> No one says mom, and no one ever said, <laughs> like, just the language that was used, and I don't know, it just, it wasn't written that well, and there were so many mentions of hangings, and I was like, hold on, when were hangings made a thing? Yeah. And I questioned whether there were hangings in ancient Greece, and there totally were, and I um, remembered from book 22 of the Odyssey, when Odysseus returns to his hometown and um, finds that scooter scooters <laughs> <laughs> that suitors have completely wrecked his halls and squatted for twenty years yeah. to take his wife Penelope and take over his estate, um, his kid Telemachus at the time he's older now, but he was just a kid when Odysseus was away, so there was no man of the house really. So Odysseus gets back and he wrecks all of them. <laughs> he murders That's all of the suitors. Scene of yeah, of right. Of, it, it's of great. But I don't know if you remember this. Um, so there were fifty maids, and it was determined that twelve of these maids were disloyal and were canoodling with the suitors mm-hmm. and also planning to overrun Penelope's um, Penelope's hold of the home. And when Odysseus finds out about this, he tells Telemachus to just, like, hack them to pieces. But Telemachus decides to hang all of them. Mm, And that's the first mention of hanging ever in Homer's Odyssey. That's wild. So, yeah. When I was reading that book of uh, the Odyssey, Mm -hmm. I... um, I like started like highlighting every single time because he was extremely graphic and descriptive in the way that he outlined the deaths mm-hmm. of every single person. Mm-hmm. So I started to like do a kill count mm-hmm. in the margins of the book as right. I was annotating. Yeah, that chapter was metal as hell. It's a very good chapter. Yeah. But yeah, if, I, I kind of feel bad for the maids though. Well. Yeah. Anyway. That was my Tuesday. What was was your your Tuesday Tuesday? like? (sighs) Pretty bad, Jules. 
It's pretty bad. Why? The United States men's national team's not going to the World Cup. Oh, right. My dad was very upset about that, apparently, because Fox was counting mm. on the um, casual soccer viewer who, who would watch mm-hmm. just to root for America, America. and now yeah. there will be none of those viewers. So Fox is in trouble, yeah. more trouble than uh-huh. what they were <laughs> and what they have been in for the last decade. I didn't think... That so just a primer if you don't watch soccer the United States is a, has a soccer team every country has one they play soccer um, we are we're in the qualifying stage the final qualifying stage of qualification for Concacaf which is the um, confederation that America Mexico Canada Central America um, is part of so we were playing in the Caribbean we were. It playing in the hex, which is the hexagonal. You there are six teams. You play each team in it twice, um, and then whoever has the most points, the top three, automatically qualify. The fourth place team plays the uh, fourth place team in or the third place team in Asia in a playoff, and then if whoever wins that playoff gets a slot in the World Cup. Right. Um, we had had a pretty shitty beginning of the hex under Jurgen Klinsmann, who had is a German born. Um, manager who used to manage the United States men's national team. He was fired after a terrible loss um, last year in the first first uh, stage of the Hex. And we brought in Bruce Arena, who used to coach the LA Galaxy and was a former United States men's national team coach um, in to basically just get us into the World Cup. It should not have been as difficult as it was. We had a pretty easy lineup in the back half of the Hex, so we should have just won those games we did and then we played trinidad and tobago a country that is so small it needs to have two countries to be one country and we lost to them 2-1 and all we needed to do was tie trinidad and tobago or have either mexico or uh costa rica win their matches both of them lost Mm -hmm. so everything that could have gone wrong went wrong and we are not going to the world cup yeah so it is a a disaster of epic proportions Mm -hmm. for soccer in the united states because of how precarious u.s soccer is like major league soccer and the perception of u.s soccer is already pretty low that's what i was telling my dad i was like aren't the average viewers of soccer in america not even rooting for the u.s anyway so how how should this how should this affect ratings in any way and he was he said they were really counting on those casual viewers of soccer who just like in the olympics people turn it on to be like u.s yeah you know so nationalism yeah exactly the u.s hasn't missed a world cup since 1986 so wow we have been in every single world cup Mm-hmm. since then mm-hmm. and the way that the ratings work and the way that like popularity of the sport works is that it, there's a major uptick every at the end of every world cup so major league soccer started after the 1994 world cup because fifa was like you can't get the world cup if you don't have a professional league in your country so that we so u.s soccer was like got it give us the world cup we'll make a league they made major league soccer major league soccer almost fell apart and died a handful of times and then we got the World Cup uptick. We got the World Cup again, another uptick. So we've been riding these upticks in Major League Soccer. So you're saying of Major League Soccer might 
dissipate it, it won't disappear but the popularity of the sport will take such a detrimental hit that we don't know what will happen to soccer here make our own world by Cup. missing we don't know what will happen to soccer here because we've never we haven't missed a cycle since we've had soccer here since 86 since 86 so we mm-hmm. don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. um and that is just a wild thing to even think about especially considering we should have fucking won that game mm-hmm. like uh i don't know but i like got legitimately sad about it in a way that i was not at all expecting like mm-hmm. i was angry i like went through all of the stages like the acceptance sadness whatever like the acceptance like all of that like i was legitimately sad about it yeah you seem sad i was real. i'm really sad about it it's just like i don't know i have a whole thing about it but it like basically boils down to like there there are so few things that bring this weird dumb stupid bad sometimes okay country together and the world cup in soccer is one of those few things and like especially in this political climate to have a one thing over the course of the next four years that would have been like oh yeah even regardless of where you were from you could root for these this ragtag weird group of americans that is like visually and like racially representative of the united states because there are so many black and brown and white and asian people just on this team Mm -hmm. and like now there's just a there that just does not happen like you just don't get it which is like uh, it's so shitty so shitty yeah um anyway that's okay Watch the World it's Cup clearly anyway. Clearly not okay. <laughs> Watch the World Cup anyway. Um, Sunil Gulati out. Hashtag Sunil Gulati out. Hashtag Pro Rel for USA. Hashtag uh, Get rid of pay for play. I also became extremely familiar on Tuesday with uh, AirNow.gov, which is a website f- from the EPA that tells you what the air quality is because Northern California is very on fire. It's very bad. Um, Sonoma and Sonoma and Santa Rosa and like what is typically known as wine country um, is on fire. Um, it's very sad. Yeah, like entire neighborhoods are going. A lot of people have lost their homes. Yeah, entire neighborhoods are gone. People, but a handful of people. Forty people have died. Um, it's just it's just ridiculous, um, especially because it it happened. It all happened so quickly. It happened basically overnight. Um, What's even sadder is that lots of these people, I mean, besides the death, yeah. uh, lots of these people don't have any kind of house insurance covering yeah. fires or wildfires. Because it's like it's not a spot that catches fire usually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's wild. And like it, when people say wine country, I think a lot of people are literally imagining Napa and these huge rolling hills like riddled with mansions. Like how could that catch on fire? Like a, like a, how could that catch on fire? And like there's a there's a very vivid image of the human being who lives there. Definitely. When like that's not what we all saw the parent. Yeah. <laughs> Which like that's not what NorCal is. Like there's a lot of like working in lower middle class people who live in NorCal, and those are the majority of people who have been affected by this. Um, it's just rough, and all of the smoke from the literal trees and the cars and the houses is all blowing into San Francisco and it's just sitting on top of the city. Yeah. And the air is terrible. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can I have a balcony in my apartment from which we can see the bridge, the Golden Gate Bridge, and it's only like 3 miles away. Oh yeah, the only the, the only reason we're, we oh, yeah. can do this podcast right now 
is because Nikki is actually in LA. I'm on break. Um, for the weekend. Yeah. As the crow flies, I'm like three miles away from the bridge. And th- on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday morning, we could not see the bridge because that's how much smoke there was just in between us and the bridge. It's terrible. Um, I'll put a in the description for this episode and in the link dump there will be a spot where you can figure out where you can learn more about how to donate um because people need help up there it's real shitty and if you can help it will be extremely useful for the people who live up there um just don't donate to the red cross do not don't do that don't do that bad dumb thing anyway if you don't know why you should email us you should email <laughs> it's good Good way to incentivize using that email address that we have. Um, Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, okay, I really wanted to go to a concert this quarter, and I was doing a lot of research, and I couldn't find anyone that I wanted to see except for the Shout Out Louds, which will, who will be here on the seventeenth at the Fonda, so I think I'm going to go to that, and I'm really excited about that, because be I haven't seen a concert in a while. Well, I guess I went to see Beach Fossils in the summer, but I used to go pretty often. Yeah. I mean, you get older, you don't have time. Uh, you get older, you hit the ripe old age of 21 years old. You don't have time for these <laughs> these frivolous activities anymore. Um, So, yeah, I was doing some concert research, and what else? Oh, I really wanted to go to a Mother concert, and I wasn't sure if they were touring currently. If you don't know, Mother is Penn Badgley's band. I don't know who that is. Penn Badgley played Dan Humphrey in Gossip Girl. Oh, shit. A.K.A. Gossip Girl. Split. It's, it's Gossip Girl. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> so, he he's actually the lead singer and frontman, frontman of that band and i actually think they're really good you should check them out mother on spotify cool and i randomly thought of jetix (laughs) and i wanted to see for like what amount of time that jetix occupied my childhood so that was from 2005 2008 no i think it was 2005 to 2009 yeah yeah that's wild so for me, that was from fourth grade, or the end of third grade, till seventh grade. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, remember Super Robot Monkey Team Hyperforce Go? Yeah, Super Robot Monkey Team Hyperforce Go. Fighting you in the... I'll just drop that theme song right mm-hmm. here. You listen to it. Mm-hmm. It's extremely good. Yeah. Um, that was shit. great original content. There's a... Hold on. There's a wild... Hold on. IMDB. Jetix. Jetix. Was it Jetix? Jetix. I think, I don't know, that weird like animal thing that was the mascot. It had one blinking yeah. eye <laughs> and cat ears. Cat ears. It was and bizarre. it was an X, but um, also round. <laughs> you know, just like Jetix. Mm-hmm. Um, fucking yin yang yo. Yin yang yo. Yin yang yo. Yin yang yo. Yeah, there were some oh. quality shows. The dude who voiced the main character on uh, Super Robot Monkey Team Hyperforce Go mm-hmm. is also the voice of Beast Boy. 
I could totally hear that yeah. and line that up in my mind uh-huh. right now. He's yeah. also apparently the voice of Michelangelo in the rebooted uh, Nick version of TMNT. Um, that it's that's on Nickelodeon. Yeah, a Jeffrey Fuentes product. Right. He's directly responsible for right. that show. Right. Um. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. Beast Boy. He's the canonical mm-hmm. voice of uh, Beast Boy. Mm-hmm. He's also on a handful of of episodes of The Middle, twelve episodes to be in to be. Uh, to be precise. Wow, that's a decent amount. Yeah. That's a guest star. Yep. So yeah, that was my Wednesday. My turn for Wednesday? Yeah, all I looked up about JetX was how long it <laughs> lasted. Like nothing else about it. Yeah. Um, because it was taken over by Disney, Disney XD. XD. It turned into Disney XD. Um, which I think I, the first show I remember being on Disney XD Pair of Kings or I either that no, or was, Zeke um, and Luther. Zeke and Luther was, was part of that first wave. Mm-hmm. We're just talking about Adam Hicks. For people who don't know, Jetix was a block of programming on like Disney's that second Disney Channel because Disney has two channels. It was on ABC. Three channels. It was also, but it was also like a block in the morning. On Toon Disney. Mm-hmm. Before it was Disney XD, it was Toon Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it used to be a block of like shows that were not Disney owned, but they were. Um, it, it split the difference between Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon, I guess. Um, yeah, and then it turned it eventually turned into Disney XD. And then, yeah, that first wave was Zeke and Luther, and then yeah, Pair of Kings was part of like that second wave before Mitchell Musso got that DUI. And then they replaced him with Adam Hicks, sad because they found a triplet. <laughs> they found another white triplet, weirdly enough, or it was a cousin or something. Anyway, on Wednesday, I found, um, I didn't find, but I, I looked into this musician named Insane in the Rain. Um, Insane in the Rain? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a jazz musician who does arrangements of video game music. Um, and they're very, very good. They're like, extremely good. They're really good, like, ch- uh, chill study like study and thinking songs and that's currently what i use it for um use his music for and he does a lot of collaborations with people in that space in the media or in like music um and he did a cover of jump up superstar which is the theme song for super mario odyssey mm-hmm. which is the new mario game that comes out at the end of this month um and then i started to like look up that game because i forgot that it was coming out this month and apparently they made a live Wait, action. Is that not the tweet that you got from that kid? No, different, different thing. Different, different okay. thing. Okay. Um, so I looked up Super Mario Odyssey and then I found this live action trailer that is the most La La Land shit I've ever seen in my entire life. What? It is phenomenal. It's Mario <coughs> running. It's Mario running through the streets of New Donk City, dancing and singing to his own music. Mm-hmm. It is phenomenal. Um... It is so La La Land. It's ridiculous. It's it's literally like Nintendo was like, uh, you know La La Land? We want that. Ew. It's like the opening scene of La La Land. It is wild. Um, that was literally all I looked up on Wednesday. <laughs> okay, we're done. We're done. <laughs> We were 17 and it was sweet and it was true. So I knew what I had to do. No. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Uh, every 
Everyone should go listen to Jump Up Superstar. It's phenomenal. Are we on your Wednesday? I'm done with my Wednesday. That was it. There was literally one thing on Wednesday. All right. I have work all day on Wednesday. So I, I, that's it. I just watch YouTube and so I can't look stuff up. Wednesday was actually the day that my record player was set up. Hey. So. Tell, tell us just, more. Oh, I just, you know that record player that I said I was going to get mm-hmm. at the beginning of the summer and <laughs> no one believed me? Did you get it? I actually saved hey. it and got it. And I'm really happy. It sounds great. It does. It and sounds very good. I can't wait to build my collection further. Uh, Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. So, in my... I'm taking an English class. It's one of my last English requirements for my major. And it's text text till 1850. So the class I'm taking is the novel till 1850. And it's about how British literature thinks it's the epitome of the novel. And without the English, there would be no novel. But really, these novels are all about adventuring and going to other lands. Oh, so, colonialism. Yeah, the whole cool. the whole class is based off of post-colonial theory. Awesome. So we're reading Robinson Crusoe right now, and uh, have you ever read Robinson Crusoe? So guy on an know. island. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. He's on this island. This is like middle of the book. He's built up this super sweet pad. He can make bread now. Hell yeah. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) Without yeast. So I'm guessing it's like this flat bread of some kind. He can make rum. He's worked it from ground up. (laughs) When he found Jesus, he was able to do this. Nice. And (laughs) Jesus taught of the ways of a rum maker. And then one day he's on the shore and sees a footprint in in the sand. Just one. Oh, it's where Jesus hopped on one foot. And then he's like... I immediately lost faith. <laughs> and it had been, he had spent the entire novel building up divine providence mm-hmm. and how providence is what brought him to this island and why he was alive and why he was the only one who survived this horrible wreckage. Mm-hmm. And then he sees this footprint and then he's like, that's it. There isn't a God. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> and there is no other footprint. And we don't know why. We later find out that there are, quote-unquote, savages on the island. Brown people. <sighs> Honestly, novels, novels <laughs> written by Europeans. Wait. I could, I could ramble for Wait, forever. So then what happens? So it's actually, we don't know where this footprint com- cool. came from. It's, it's what's called a trace. Meaning it's a bit of symbolism that is never fully explained, mm-hmm. but part of a, a lingering thought that is part yeah. of the whole sentiment of the novel. So it is what you make of it. It could be a savage's footprint and being that there were only there was only one, that could be a hint that whoever is on this island is different from him because it doesn't walk like right. him. Or it could be God, or it could be the devil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but... Which this canonically is just some, like, only has one literary foot. analysis, yeah. but I was looking up the footprint in Robinson Crusoe, and most no one has any idea what oh. it means. I like you should read means. Robinson Crusoe. It's actually really fun to read and and just think about how would you live on this island having yeah. no. The thing is, the reason he's uh, Crus- 
Crusoe is so good at everything, it seems, except sailing. He freaking <laughs> sucks at it. That's why he can't get off the island. He could build yeah, if anything. He can make rum, why can't he just build a boat to get off? I guess is a he good built question. a canoe and made it to another island, and then was like, "I want to go back." <laughs> um, uh, a computer over there. Oh man, I like to think that it's where Jesus hopped on one foot with him. I think it was alluding to Jesus walking on water, the the footprint being mm-hmm. so close to the ocean. But who knows? Read some Robinson Crusoe or just watch Swiss Family Robinson <laughs> or like Gilligan's Island or something and you'll get it. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. On Thursday, I was looking up the idea. You know, Have you ever heard of the idea that if plants listen to music or if you speak to yeah, plants, they like they'll grow happy. better? Yeah. That's false. But oh, man, I watched the <laughs> Mythbusters about it. Yeah. Mythbusters. <laughs> you know that people don't like actually agree in the practices yeah. of Mythbusters yeah. and how it's flawed from a scientific standpoint. Yes, Just like the, their actual practices and how they conduct experiments. Mm-hmm. It's incorrect and there's it's full Is of it gaps. Is it because it's and, a Discovery Channel television per show? What do you discover on the Discovery Channel? That's what, what history do it's you learn on the History week. Channel? That's what I want to know. Nazis and it's almost Shark Week. <laughs> Sorry, pawn shops and it's almost Shark also Week. Also aliens. <laughs> aliens, Nazis, Pawn shops, Top Gear, it's almost Shark Week. And American Top Gear. Yeah, American Top Gear. Tanner Faust Yike. and that other guy. Yike. Um, but plants do respond to pressure. So that's why they make... Like, like mm-hmm. physical pressure? And vibration. So when you huh. speak next to... Plant. When you speak next to a plant, you're obviously emitting sound mm-hmm. and... Um, this can perk up the plant. So these in plants some are way. hella jazz that we're doing a podcast. These plants are dead. These are not oh. growing plants. Dang. These are cut flowers in a vase. So if we talk to the praying plant, what's mm-hmm. it called? Is that what's called? Prayer plant. Prayer plant. Jules has this magic plant that um opens and closes when the sun is out. It doesn't open. Sorry, the leaves move up and down when the um sun is out. Yeah, it's pretty magic. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um so if we talk to that one it would make it happy. Mm. Happy relatives of plant. We don't know if that's a response of happiness or shock uh. or hatred. <laughs> I hate these dumb vibrations. <laughs> these meat people. Uh, that was my Thursday. What was your Thursday like? Thursday was extremely boring because I got on an airplane. That's not true. I had class all day. Mm-hmm. Thursday was the worst day for the air. I had to wear a scarf to go outside. Ooh, my Friday it involves scarves. Continue. Um, I basically looked up, looked up, and signed up for Movie Pass, which is that ten dollar a month thing. Yeah, where you get a, you get to go to unlimited movies mm-hmm. for ten dollars a month. I then found out that you can go use it at the Draft House. That's which sweet, is dope. Mm-hmm. Um, so the thing is, it takes like three to four weeks to get the card. It's like I won't get it until November, probably. So can you explain that a little further? Yeah. So you sign up for, there's this thing called Movie Pass. It used to exist and you would pay $99. No. You would pay like, you would pay a ridiculous amount of money and it would basically work out to like making sense as long as you saw more than six movies a, a month. Mm-hmm. So I think it might have been like $50 a month mm-hmm. to go to get Movie Pass, which basically is a credit card that they send you. You pick the movie, it loads the credit card with that exact amount of money at the theater that you want to pick. 
or that you want to see the movie at, you swipe that card and then that's it. You pay $10 a month and you can see unlimited movies for the course of that month um, at most any movie theater in the United States. With the um, exception of? Most of them. I don't know. Like you can go see it at AMC's. Oh, really? Yeah. So like it's 10 bucks a month it's now? It's 10 bucks a month. And you can go see an can unlimited you... number. Like, I looked at the list for of theaters in LA. I'll just, here, we can just do it really fast. So can, it's a card that you use? Yeah, so like you sign up for it. They, they send you a basically a debit card. Mm-hmm. Um, theaters, Los Angeles. They send you a debit card. And then you, in the app, you select the movie and time you want to go see it. Mm-hmm. And you can, it'll either kick you out or they're in the process of letting you do the entire thing through the app. But right now... You have to pick it while you're at the theater and mm-hmm. then swipe it and do it that way. Um, so you don't need the Atom app anymore? No. Hypothetically, no. Because Which did you know is a Lionsgate venture? Yeah. Oh. Well, also, the office that. is in Santa Monica. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, I'll say no. No, I didn't. Tell me more about <laughs> the Atom app. I have nothing else to say. Um, Why is it only 10 bucks? Mm. You can use it at the it's it's data. It is one hundred percent like a data collecting mm-hmm. like situation where like you're it's so cheap because they're exchanging your like use rate and data usage mm-hmm. to like figure that stuff out. That's probably why like what the situation is. Mm-hmm. Um you can also use it at LCAP, which is wild. Oh. I need to sign up for this. Yeah. Um how long does it take to get three them? to four weeks. Ugh. It takes a while to get the card. AMC Century City, uh Santa Monica. Um, the new Beverly Cinema. Mm-hmm. That's um, cool. Yeah, the Grove. So yeah, yeah it does, so it's it like does everything. Yeah, basically every theater. Whoa! I should tell my should, whole family to yeah, do this. Definitely sign up for this thing. Um, but yeah, it's ten bucks a month, and you can go see unlimited movies, and it works for all movies too. Like as long as the movie is in the theater, you can go see it. There's no like movie restrictions. Um, but you have to download the app. Or I think you might be able to sign up on the web and then they'll mail you the card. What else? Oh. So I tried to change Andy Samberg's uh, photo on Wikipedia Mm -hmm. because it's an extremely old photo of Andrew. Mm -hmm. And Lisa Delia, who I went to Hofstra with um, my freshman year, shouts to her, like posted how bizarre it was on Twitter, posted how bizarre it was that it's an old photo of Andy Samberg. Mm -hmm. And I tried to change it. It is so hard to upload photos to Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Extremely difficult. I will post a photo in the link dump of um, what ended up happening when I tried to post a newer photo of Andy Samberg. But I legitimately don't understand how to post photos to Wikipedia. It's it's impossible. It's impossible to do. Um, I did it extremely poorly. That's basically all I did on Thursday. Because <laughs> oh, really? I packed. Like mm. I went to class, came back, and then I packed. I did two things. My Friday... So I saw this picture of Gael Garcia Bernal, mm-hmm. and um, he looked just so old in it. And I, look, <laughs> I just like had an instant sadness overwhelm uh-huh. me uh, because he was supposed to wait for me <laughs> to grow old, and he didn't. And I was just really, really sad. And I was showing Mo, my roommate, uh, the picture of him and she was like oh that scalp oh, that scalp that scarf he was wearing like this skinny scarf yeah. isn't helping him and it was like i like scarves what are you talking about and she's like i don't like it when guys wear scarves and i was like Whoa. yeah wow <laughs> i was like 
big, large. What what was I saying? I don't know. It's an extremely hot take. Yeah. Just hot take, like, Mo. I don't like. Wow. And then I was. I think I'm offended. I really like scars. Right. Then I said, Mo, what about Isaac from Teen Wolf? And she said, what? And I said, Daniel Sharman, the actor who plays Isaac <laughs> on Teen Wolf in his last season on Teen Wolf, consistently wore amazing scars that looked great on him. And I showed him a picture and she said, no. Whoa. <laughs> and it was very sad. So I looked up multiple pictures of Daniel Sharman and scarves <laughs> to try to prove to her that men could wear scarves and it, it would be fine. She just didn't like the look. So, uh, yeah, I also looked up Daniel Sharman seeing, to see what he was doing. He's okay. on Fear the Walking Dead, I guess. Huh, is that still, still on? on? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't even look that up. That was like one of the most recent credits. And, oh yeah, I think I told you I want to get a movie poster for my yes. living room because I have these very tall, tall... They're really good walls. Yeah. They're like they, you can do a lot with these walls. If these walls I have tall. high ceilings, and I'd love to get some kind of artwork because it's it's been feeling increasingly bare in here. So I'd love to get a movie poster, but then came the dilemma of which movie. And, and I, I still haven't Tron, and then she laughed me off. No, so. I glared him off. Sorry, she glared me off. And then comes the issue of finding a twenty-seven by forty frame. And I found. Oh, I didn't find the frame. I did find a 27 by 40 Tron poster. That's not what I asked for. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, frames poster. are so expensive and getting something framed, ridiculous. So this is why I suggest everyone quit your job uh-huh. and become... Work for Aaron Brothers. Work for Aaron Brothers. Or alternatively... You will make bank. If you or a loved one or someone you know owns a framing company, email us. We yeah. have a sponsorship opportunity for the low, low price of one thing in a frame. And if we I will like, talk about your company and if I like send for you a poster, five weeks. Do you think you could maybe hook me yeah, up? Yeah, we'll talk about your company for five weeks if you frame Jules's poster for free. Please. Mm-hmm. What was your Friday like? I had a flight at 5 a.m. Right. That sucked. Mm-hmm. Did you know that Build-A-Bear was founded in Missouri in 1997? Yeah, because I saw the Undercover Boss episode about Build-A-Bear Workshop. Do you know that they don't even have the bath station anymore? What the fuck? And they replaced it with a selfie booth. I hate everything. This is the worst thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I was planning on going into a Build-A-Bear next week. Mm-hmm. The employees who were in that Undercover Boss episode, they were so upset. They were like, "When the only reason I'm working here is because when I was a kid, I came here and could make my bear and brush it off mm-hmm. and like do all these things, bonding experiences with it before I mm-hmm. purchased the billion-dollar clothes. Mm-hmm. And now there's no experience for that anymore, and I don't like it. And the CEO got so upset. She Weird. Was, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they have a Vulpix, which is a Pokemon. You can make your own pocket monster stuffed animal now. So I think I'm going to I don't like the roll into a I don't like the idea that there's so many branded ones now. Yeah. It kind of sucks, yeah. Nearly all of them are branded yeah. ones. Now. I don't agree with it, but the Vulpix is extremely cute. Okay. So I will uh partake. Mhm. You will? Mhm. Haven't you mentioned this different different pocket monster? I'm sorry. It's a different pocket monster, different uh, Where are I mean, you going to put this, related. by the way? On my bed. Will you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Why don't you believe me? 
because I just don't. I okay. feel like it'll it'll start off there, uh-huh. and then, and then it will find its way to the closet, and then it'll die. It'll just be like donated the, in the, May. The toys and oh, <laughs> you're gonna pull a Jesse on it. <laughs> Still haven't gotten over that. It was the saddest montage or flashback sequence yeah. of all time in Toy Story Two when Jesse gets left. Yeah. <laughs> in a box in the middle of nowhere. Speaking of Toy Story, I saw Randy Newman last week. Oh yeah. Wild. Just a great crazy experience. thing I didn't. On a one yeah, to ten it was scale. like a six. Oh, I guess Randy's not that great of a performer. I mean, he was fine. All of his songs sound the same. Mm-hmm. He has a song called uh, He's Dead Or I'm Dead and I Don't Know It I think it's called I'm Dead and I Don't Know It mm. And the chorus is He's dead, he's dead Which is like a really weird thing For a bunch of middle-aged white people To all chant at the same time Maybe they weren't middle-aged When yep. they first heard it Oh, maybe So it was less bleak So it was less bleak <laughs> It's extremely bleak now. The other thing I learned about Build-A-Bear uh, is that they have, there are 400 of them, and they also have outlets. How many did there used to be? Less than 400. Really? I thought, I thought they were failing. No. How? I don't know. How many more They've years do you think? Build-A-Bear has? Mm-hmm. I think we'll have, I think there's a market for stuffed animals forever. Not if they keep on doing this branded mm-hmm. shit. No, I think that's why they have to do the branded shit. No. Because otherwise, like, who just wants a regular ass teddy bear? Me. Oh, you're old. That's what though. my child will want as well. <laughs> but they have I actually stores... don't want a teddy bear. <laughs> they have stores. I want in... a pillow shop. What if there was a pillow shop where you could stuff your own pillow with like memory memory cubes or like beads or like down feathers? Wow, this is a great well, idea. A great why idea. am I giving I'll this away? This. I'll just cut this part out. Jules just had the best uh, idea of all store time. idea of all time. So if you're wondering why there was a gap in the audio, and that's you could, why. Like, put lavender and scent it. Wow. See, so you're literally just describing build a bear, but for pick pillows. The cloth. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is an extremely good idea, and I legitimately am considering cutting it so you could <laughs> do something with it. Anyway, they have stores in Bahrain and Qatar. Hmm. Which is wild bizarre yeah anyway that was my friday don't ever fly at 5 50 a.m it's too early well that was our first episode back from our break hey hopefully the (laughs) the gap i need to stop blowing into this i'm sure you can hear my breathing throughout it's fine um hopefully the gap in between the next the last episode or this episode and the next episode won't be as long mm-hmm. um we've we think we've figured out a way to get that gap down no corrections corner this week mainly because i forgot the segment existed until just now so i didn't listen to the last episode to see if we got anything wrong but if you find any issues i didn't get any disgruntled emails <laughs> or texts yeah. from kalina so <laughs> i think we're good if you find anything wrong with this episode send us an email at tangentialpod at gmail.com we'll talk about it in next week's ten watch Kalina send us an email (laughs) hey be our first one we'll take it engagement is engagement as my boss at work says Mm -hmm. um we will talk about it in corrections corner next week you can also find me on twitter at godsua g-o-d-s-e-w-a you can find Jules on twitter at jsclemic um, you can find the show on Twitter at tangential underscore, and you can find this episode and every other episode we've done 
and the show notes for the show at tangential.xyz. I think that's it. Oh, thank you and good night. Oh, no. Oh, no. Why? Hold on, wait. No, I can play a, I can play a real song. Hold on. Wait, everyone get... Oh, my everyone God. Get, everyone get hype. Mm. Everyone, everyone get hype. It's fun. Hold on. Wait, ready? Here's, here's all of the notes that are in Peace and Love on the planet Earth, but I can't sing the words yet because... My brain's not ready yet. Here we go. Shit. Anyway, thanks. That's it. Yay. Good job, Nikki. Thanks. Um, Yeah, that's the show, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Oh, shit. You can find the show on iTunes and on Google Play Music and Uh, on... Does iTunes still exist? You can find us on Apple Podcasts yeah. and Google Play Music mm-hmm. and um, on Anchor. Um, the full version of the show is on Anchor. And lots of other places. Lots of other places. Pocket Cast, Overcast. Anywhere that you think you might be able to find a podcast, the show is there. You Stitcher. want it, we got it. Yep. We, we, we put the RSS feed in every single box on the internet, except for Spotify. It's not there. You didn't get accepted. No, absolutely not. Did you get a rejection email? I didn't even. I got no response when I emailed. Maybe they're thinking about it. That was Jules. That was in July. (laughs) Maybe they're waiting to see our growth. (laughs) Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for bearing with us. Um, and uh, we'll talk to y'all next week. Bye. Bye.